0: Hello darlings, it's me, Karen Stonecutter, with Jansen Senior's funeral over. It's back to the grind, I suppose. Before we left, Frankie had one last catch up with Quisp, and I just think it's lovely that he's made a friend. But then it was back on the road, and the funniest thing, Idafer and I both tried to leave the group and return the question box back to its temple in the forest. It was fine though, we managed to make it back to the city, and deliver it to the Emperor's Palace. I do wish they'd send someone other than that assassin woman to retrieve it, though. She's not nice at all. After that, Flynn made his way to the Ymir City School of Magic to make a major sale, and I finally got into the dungeons to see poor old Barb. She asked me to testify against the janssen Parchment Company in her case, which is going to make things complicated. Oh dear. Idafer finally tracked down his strange friend Amnity, but he won't tell me what they talked about that man had better not be leading Ida astray, or he'll be answering to me. And as if life weren't already hard enough, we're running out of electrum. We tried to buy more from Murphy, but apparently he needs to make arrangements to smuggle it into the city. And we need to travel to my birthland to get that sorted. I haven't been there in over 50 years. Really not looking forward to my homecoming reception.
1: To everybody and welcome to the terrible adventures of the Janice and Brifford's Parchment Company. We have got ourselves finally into Arc 5. Isn't that awesome, everyone? Welcome back to the show.
0: Very exciting. Woohoo. So exciting.
1: My name is Penny D and a talent that I don't have but I wish that I did is I wish I could play the ukulele because I think they are just adorable little instruments really sweet sound i know what you're thinking penny couldn't you just learn to play the ukulele and the answer to that question is i'm 32 and i still don't know how to play the ukulele so apparently not
2: (laughs) you can totally pick it up it is one of the easiest
3: instruments to learn 100
1: i've heard that a lot of times and yeah i still don't know how to play the ukulele so here we are
3: <laughs> i'm nate i'm playing flindler the halfling bard and i would also we should be a, in a band penny because i would love to play the cello hell yeah oh, if we cello.
1: If we mm. both on our instruments we should start a band and we should call it the terrible adventures of the Janice and breffett's parchment company <laughs> <laughs> our band
2: oh
1: and we literally just get up and play our own theme music for three hours and then we say goodnight, everybody
2: <laughs> and everyone's just know. like whoa what just happened that sounds pretty good to me.
4: Hello, my name is Stephanie, and I play Frankie the Artificer. The talent I would like to have would be, I don't know, being able to talk on the phone or give my Starbucks order without, yeah. you know, sheer panic. Okay. Um, or, Too real. you know, be able to make decisions without, you know, needing somebody like Penny there to be like, she'll have this. So, ah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> That.
1: that very much makes me appreciate my talents.
2: Uh, thank you, Penny. I appreciate you being there to help me order
1: coffee.
2: <laughs> I was going to say, that's a very millennial thing, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody needs a friend who can say, excuse
0: me, she ordered no pickles. Yes! <gasps> yes. yes, The yes. powerful
1: friend. Can you take these pickles away and then bring them back and give them to me, please and thank
2: you. <laughs> Hi, I'm Poppy. I play Idafer the tiefling rogue. And I assume this counts as a talent, but I would love to be able to speak languages. Like, just know them. That would be fantastic. (laughs) I mean, I
1: think that's really similar to what we did last episode, right? I think it was like spells that we wanted to have. And I think you also picked like comprehend languages. (laughs) So way to be consistent.
2: Yeah, it's definitely a theme.
1: <laughs> I think the ability to like pick up and learn new languages is a talent. So yeah, uh, and you know what? If I, the thing is, is that once I can play the ukulele, I'll be able to speak the language of music. So, and that's the that's like a universal language. But I get your thing too because French is pretty cool. Oh my
3: Oh. <laughs>
0: hi my name is liz and i play your favorite dwarf barbarian karen stonecutter of the stonecutter family and a talent that i wish that i had is (laughs) well it's not really a talent but i just i just wish that i could be on boats you can't be on boats i can't be on boats no make you get they make me me throw up and i wish i had the talent to not throw up on a boat it would be really nice. I love being <laughs> on boats.
1: Man, you think and think about it too, because we could go on sailing adventures. Me and Nate could play us nice music. Uh, Steph could order, you know, order us our food. Uh, <laughs> Poppy In could, Poppy could be there to like talk to people from other countries. It'd be great. We would make like a nice little pirate crew. I think the perfect little
0: pirate crew. And the only thing holding us back is those specific talents.
2: But like fun pirates, not real life pirate yeah yeah <laughs> yes. like, yeah
1: i definitely hey so this isn't a pirate podcast this is a D podcast so uh it's been some time since the last time we played dungeons and dragons how do you guys all feel about jumping back into the game
0: oh awesome. i, can I can barely remember how a barbarian works
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right so i'm gonna i'm gonna we're gonna go ahead and start our next episode which i believe is episode 23 uh, and the new arc is called hivewood bound So, it's been some time without magical shenanigans. Uh, even after the four weeks since Janison Senior's funeral that we covered in the last episode, it's been even longer since the four of you came together to take care of business. Uh, on the day we pick up with our story, it's been a further six weeks since our last adventure. Uh, as the days have flashed by, the trees in the city have begun to shine with red and orange hues. We are now well into autumn, and before you interrupt me, Liz, yes, you can go ahead and take an extra 600 gold and put it in your, uh, put it in your inventory because you've got six more weeks of pay.
0: Thank you. I love capitalism.
1: <laughs> so how have we, how have we each spent this time? Um, is there anything that you'd like to accomplish or roll on? Uh, as a as a note, Frankie has now started his new position at R and D, and Ido has now been a shift manager uh, for you know about about eight weeks at this point. Karen
0: has been spending it. It's been a long time since she's been to the hives. It's been Ooh. nearly her whole life since she has gone back to the place where she grew up. So she's been spending her time uh, reading up on hive news. She has not kept up with the comment the with the gossip and now she finds that she needs to know what is going on uh in the hives and with her with her family is karen anxious yes
1: yeah um karen go ahead and roll me a history check please
0: okay let's have a look what do i have for history oh uh 21 oh
1: (laughs) yeah very nice very nice okay so uh one thing is is that you Finally, like you and Barry have had an agreement that you guys don't talk about the hives. Uh, he doesn't talk about work with you uh, because of, you know, things that happened in the past. And so you, during this time, you finally bring up the, you know, with him, hey, can you please tell me what's going on, you know, back home? And so you guys do spend a little bit of time, he like fills you in on the goss um, and he lets you know a little bit about uh, what's going on there, Um, we're going to find out more about what you know later on as we travel, but in response to this good roll, in the future when I'm having you roll on what you do and don't know, I'll give you advantage from time to time, does that sound okay? that sounds fantastic thank you so much yeah cool what about the rest of you what have you guys been doing for the last six weeks
3: i think flynn would be very curious about the sales angles that he could find whilst going to hive as well because it's not something that he's had experience with so he's like oh how can i use this to my advantage what could i what contacts could i make here so he'd be i think he'd be looking into that
1: have you been like for example writing letters to businesses in the hives or have you been uh talking to dwarves or how exactly have you been tackling this
3: yeah i think first he'll be setting out very polite introductory letters ahead of time trying to make those contacts so that then he can follow up in person
1: okay yeah why don't you go ahead and roll me a persuasion check i think i did that right yeah you did you got you got a natural <laughs> 20. Uh, which is which is pretty awesome, well done. So for a natural 20, what I will do is I will say that when you get to the Forge, uh, which is the like central sort of uh, city hub that exists within the Hives, uh, from time to time you will have some contacts already there. You will already know a few people when we arrive.
4: Cool. Nice. Frankie probably would have been sort of either preparing for his new role or just like putting everything he has Into, you know, starting on the right foot in his job. Uh, When he isn't working, he would be totally not tinkering with guns or anything. (laughs) You know, Frankie wouldn't do that. But he would be, I think, predominantly focusing on, you know, his work. Getting his ideas out there. Uh, He's got a couple good ones that uh, he'd really like to see, you know, through to development.
1: Okay, so I'm going to give you a choice here. Uh, You can roll a d20 with your tinkerer's tools to basically tinker with guns, which I get the feeling that you have been doing and that you're lying to me about that. (laughs) Or you can roll a straight up either charisma or intelligence check for how well you've been doing at your job. So up to you.
4: I'll roll intelligence uh, because Frankie, at the moment, that would be Frank, like, more important to him because okay. you know he wants people to think he's not just you know like a dreamer, you know, he's
1: sure, yeah. <laughs> 14, okay, <laughs> th- okay. So the thing is, is that you've been showing up on time. You have been there in staff meetings, raising your hand, you have been pitching ideas, uh, and you have been gung ho all the way about getting, you know, getting the job done, getting it done. Hasn't been super well received so far. typically uh, yeah. cause you know, there's this new person coming in, you know, every instance they're like, Hey, what if we did this? And it's, it's while the eagerness is definitely showing, it's kind of slowing stuff down a little bit in R and D.
4: Aww. oh that's Frankie that is
1: like Frankie he's trying so hard <laughs> I love him but you have made some friends like people are seeing the eagerness they like that you're coming up with ideas but it is going it yeah. is taking the like you know yeah. the 30 minute yeah. Monday morning meetings and turning them into 90 <sighs> minute Monday morning meetings <laughs> oh dear. Um, which not that's, everyone that's is the biggest yep. fan of. Yeah, Yep, yep. <laughs> yep. That's, that, that's Frankie. You just called him out. Thank you. Poppy, how has Idafer been spending his time?
2: Ida currently has three people under his control, and boy, does he know it. He's really getting into throwing his weight around. He's coming into work wearing a tie now uh, because he thinks he's a big boy now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> he, I think the problem, though, is that he's still a young boy. And all the people that work under him are, like, in their 30s, 40s. Like, they're older people. They don't really respect him. But he's pretty good at performing.
1: Yep. <laughs> I, I see I see what you're getting at. Go ahead and roll me a performance check.
3: Okay. Uh, I just imagine him wearing a band shirt but then still a tie. A band <laughs> yeah. shirt. Oh, God, that's, <laughs> that's so...
1: Like a Green Day music video.
0: Yeah. Oh. oh, I was going to say like Avril Lavigne circa
2: 2004. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. God, it's all layers. <laughs> there we go. I got a 19.
1: Uh, yeah, 19. Pretty good roll. So things were a little bit, you know, things were a little bit shaky at the beginning. Uh, and then you found out the magic ingredient that makes every janitor in the world respect you. You start bringing in donuts.
2: Boy, do I. And sometimes my mum makes them specially, so they really appreciate it.
1: Yeah. So you're having a bit of trouble, like, you know, maintaining your... You're not, like, the boss of the janitors, but you're a shift manager. So most of the time when you're there, you are in charge, even if you're not, like, the main person who's the boss. Uh, And people, you like you said, you are young and a tiefling, and people really don't respect you that much. But then one day you bring in, like, a box of donuts, and you were planning on giving them to Karen to take home uh, to her kids, but then everyone... Assumes that they're for them, that they're like, hey, you bought in donuts for everyone. And you are like, um, yep. (laughs) And then ever since then, you are known as Donut Boy and everyone loves you. Yay, Yay. Donut Boy! (laughs) So, where once the quiet life of a parchment company employee felt exciting (laughs) and full of opportunity, things, while the same as usual, have kind of start to feel a little bit flat there's no murders there's no giant geese there's no <laughs> mysterious blackmail notes things have kind of become a bit dull uh which oh. you weren't really expecting and maybe it's for that reason flynn that your ears perk up at 11 a.m on a wednesday as Darling greets a guest to the office oh hello welcome to the janice and breath parchment company where all your parchment problems are our solutions <laughs> uh hello aren't you a vision of s- something why thank you what can i do to help you on this fine day uh well toots i'm looking for a uh, a salesman a guy named onagon parents pretty big time into weapons development you uh you think you can help me out there sure yeah we uh we don't get too many people like you through these doors nah you just you just let them in the back and let them pick up the trash am i right oh. And of course it's Murphy. Your other <gasps> life has walked into your work oh, wow. life and you can hear them sort of chatting at the front desk and Murphy's not being super nice about it.
3: <laughs> Is there like a little um like a client boardroom meeting or something that I could just fake introduce myself to him and then take him in there?
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, awesome. yeah, you can you can do that. I'm definitely <laughs> As you approach, you can actually see what Darlene's talking about, because our boy Murphy is up to his old tricks, Um, but this time he's wearing a cheese cutter (laughs) hat with goat's horns poking out of it. He's disguised as a tiefling again. Mm. Hey, there he is! Salesman of the year!
3: Wow, thank you so much for seeing me here, good sir. Let's come and talk in this uh, nice and warm room that we have on to the left.
1: Hey, that seems nice. Let's do that, definitely. Goodbye, Lady Secretary. Thank you, Darlene. (laughs) So yeah, you guys end up uh, back in conference room B, the room where the murder happened. Oh my god.
3: (laughs) I quickly, but not suspiciously, closed the door and I'm like, wow, I mean, are you going to buy some paper or are you, wow.
1: Hey, uh, so do you remember that gig that we talked about a little while ago? It's time to gather up our mutual friends and get your deal making britches on.
3: Oh, Oh, okay, um, like right now or in an hour or...? We'll
1: leave tomorrow. I hope you got some vacay time saved up.
3: Oh, yeah, I- I'd hardly ever
1: take vacations. <laughs> That's great. Uh, so, i tell you what, hand me one of your business cards for the lucky lose.
3: Oh, yes. Um, would you like the gold-edged one, the one that does not melt in water, or the one that has the nice gilded edges?
1: It does not matter. It's just so people can see us doing business through this nice glass window that we're standing in front of.
3: Oh, I'll give you all three, and then you can spread them around as you wish. Actually, here, have eight. There we go.
1: Excellent. <laughs> and he like, makes a show of shaking your hand and like nodding and like reading your business card so that anyone who's looking uh, can see <laughs> that you guys are doing regular business and he while he's looking at this card he's like flipping it over He's like this is a nice card Flynn I'm gonna have to see uh, do you guys print these yourselves I might have to get some um yes actually i um, I
3: designed them myself
1: oh they're great uh, put me down for put me down for a hundred of them oh, and, perfect. Uh, well uh, I'll pay that over the table for once <laughs> hey anyway this is not important right now you guys meet me in the usual spot tomorrow at sunrise we're leaving first thing understand perfect I'll let the others know and I'll see you then. And he leaves, tipping his cap to Darlene on the way out.
4: I was going to say, just on a side note, I really liked the American Psycho-esque scene you just had with the, with the business cards. <laughs> <laughs> That's really nice. <laughs> That's a
1: nice edge. <laughs> so... You're going to the mountains. You guys have known this trip was coming, and maybe you've asked Karen, and she might have told you what to expect, maybe? She's
0: full of nothing but um, bad news about the mountains, so (laughs) (laughs) take from that what you will, but Karen is apprehensive and nervous about... Every time someone's like, oh, so what's, what's, what goes on there? Like, how do you, and she's like, oh, you, uh, darling, you, uh, it's very difficult to describe. I'm not sure if you'd even want to know that kind of thing.
1: (laughs) Good Lord.
0: Possibly not as helpful as you were hoping.
1: Have you guys been shopping? And if you have, what are your alpine outfits? Like, what, what do your alpine outfits look like?
0: Okay. So Karen, um, is wearing cashmere and possum fur. So, she's got natural possum fur at her collar and at her, like on the inside of her gloves and on the inside of her boots. And she's wearing a, a cashmere knit dress with thermal tights and a big jacket over the top of it. And she's got a cute little hat on and it's got ear flaps. Cute. <laughs> and it's all in like white and furred colours. So, the, the jacket is kind of like a nice camel, and
2: the knit dress is, uh, is pure white. And it's very fancy. Very nice. (laughs) Idafer told his parents where he's going. And his mum's like, oh my goodness, I know exactly what you're going to be wearing. Um, So he has like a big puffer coat on that's a little bit too big for him. And a hand knitted beanie. And gloves that his mum made for him. And they're all, like, different colours because she didn't have enough yarn to do one colour. It's just a bit messy. (laughs) And he's got big hiking boots because his dad's like, well, if you're going to the mountains, you have to be prepared. So he looks not like regular idafer, I guess.
0: (laughs) I have a very important question. Did his parents buy him a brightly coloured puffer jacket
2: so he wouldn't get lost in the snow? So this is one thing that Ido did fight them on. He <laughs> said, no, if I'm going to be wearing a puffer jacket, it's going to at least be black. <laughs> <laughs> but he does have bright pink like ski pants.
1: Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> so he lost the He lost the effect anyway.
2: Oh, no, he, he wanted that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Flinva, Frankie, did you guys spend any time shopping? What are, what are you guys um, heading into the mountains looking like?
4: Frankie, he's never been to the mountains, but he's read about it. So, uh, but the only books he's read were like, I guess the mountaineering books. So Frankie is going to pull up and fool on like mountaineering gear. He's got the, <laughs> the hook things. He's got the boots. He's got like everything. Like he's legitimately going to, I don't know, climb some sort of mountain, <laughs> um, his satchel is now an actual, you know, backpack. Like he's, he's prepared. Um, but uh, his like uh, scarf is a little bit too long and he kind of chips up on it every now and again. <laughs> so it's just, just like just chokes cold. himself
1: a little bit and yeah, falls yeah, over.
4: Yeah. It's, he's just awkward about it, but like he's full on. I read, you know, seven mountain books and now, I'm pretty sure I'm qualified to climb at least one mountain. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. He's got his pickaxe like on his strap to his like he's he's like prepared.
1: Flynn, what does your mountain outfit look like?
3: So Flynn's wearing um, it's a, a leather trench coat esque looking thing, so similar to what he normally wears, but the inside of it is actually got this nice spun woolen inner so it's quite warm and it's got like a little ruffle around the neck so he can kind of flick the collar up and tuck his ears and if he needs to he's still got his trusty hat on so same hat but he's also got a big puffy scarf that's round around quite a few times but unlike frankie it's very um neatly tucked (laughs) and it's got a little utility belt with a couple of traveling items that may help him if he needs them you know like a better
1: knife awesome yeah you guys are definitely ready for ready for the mountains (laughs) so after some hasty and rather suspicious leave paperwork uh, (laughs) on thursday morning before the crack of dawn the four of you meet at the courtyard outside murphy's honest goods uh, chilly and annoyed but ready for adventure Murphy greets you and he's got like a real classic like big jacket with lots and lots of pockets all over it. Uh, you know, heaps of pockets everywhere. Um, he's also got some, you know, boots with crampons and stuff on them. But he's just wearing regular pants and he doesn't super look like he's ready to wrap up warm. Maybe he doesn't know, you know, really what you're getting into, or maybe he knows more than you, or maybe it's just because he's a fire genasi and he just doesn't need to quite wrap up as much as the rest of you guys do. (laughs) Hey, good morning. It's time to go uh, do a business deal, if you know what I mean. Uh, And he has uh, Yannis take coffee orders for everyone, so at least you can have a hot drink and some caffeine uh, while you travel in a horribly uncomfortable open-topped carriage (laughs) through the city to the south gate
2: awesome he clearly cares enough about us to give us a comfortable ride to the mountains <laughs> and coffee <laughs> Karen uh,
0: gets into the cart and sighs dramatically and says Murphy it would have been nice if you had given me more than a day to do the leave paperwork its I don't know what they're thinking back there but they know, they're knowing, they know something's going on and Janderson isn't in on this one this time So, you really have to just be a little bit more conscientious, okay, darling?
1: I'll keep that in mind, but you know, crime happens when crime happens, and sometimes you just gotta be ready, you know?
0: Okay, well, we're not doing crime's crimes, though, so I'm sure we can be a little bit more conscientious of the day job.
1: Well, how would you categorize going to a neighboring city to arrange an illegal trade of an illegal item that that we can get stuff into the city so you guys can continue being illegal magic users? How would you categorize that if not for crime?
4: I would categorize that as crime. (laughs) Essential
0: vigilante work for the peace and security of Ymir city.
1: Okay, well resource management happens when resource management happens, so sometimes you just gotta be ready.
0: <laughs> well, all I'm asking is just a little a little bit less suspicious next time. Would be lovely. <laughs> okay,
1: let's go. Thank you. So you managed to make it through the gates without incident. Um hopefully at least one of you brought your Imperial seal with you. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Karen's always got it on her. Yeah, same. Yeah, it's just in the bottom of a bag. And once you're out of the city, uh, Murphy drives you to the same spot you parked on the very first day that you met him. Uh, there are many carts and carriages parked here, uh, and Murphy makes a point of standing near an even uglier looking carriage than the one you arrived in, <laughs> until there are no passers-by with an It only takes a moment, uh, the roads are pretty clear this early in the morning. Okay, now that we're committed to this endeavor, it's time to talk about cover. The hives are all sorts of dangerous for people like you, and especially people like me. So, I want to get our story straight in case anyone asks us the purpose of this here adventure. It's sales. Right? You tell me. Uh, for science. Flynn <laughs> is going to make
0: sales in the hives, whether you want it or not, so...
3: <laughs> oh yeah, I've already made some really nice contacts. Lovely people up there, Some, some of them.
0: <laughs> well, that might be uh, good, but uh, Frankie, you said you said science.
4: Yeah, everything I do is for science. Th- I mean, <laughs> I suppose that's true. Hmm, scientific improvements in the
0: hives. You might find something interesting there for research and development. To be fair,
4: Frankie like winks and does the finger guns, but it's more like a blink because he forgot to only do one eye. So he's like, yeah. <laughs>
0: Oh, we'll, we'll we'll work on that one, darling. <laughs>
1: cool. <laughs> All right, so we are a paper sales uh, traveling adventurer team with a little splash of scientific discovery. Is that what's happening? Yeah,
4: exactly.
1: Alright, great, lock it in. And speaking of cover, and Murphy grabs at the air next to the awful carriage and pulls some kind of disguise tarp off of an extremely comfortable and spacious covered carriage. An even nicer one than the one that you took to Exingere a few weeks ago. Oh. Oh Ooh,
0: yeah. Is this actually the carriage we're going to be travelling in? Or does it just look like this? (laughs) And what it actually is, is that horrible one we just saw.
1: Murphy pops open the door, and on the inside, it looks beautiful and warm and very squishy. You know, there's places to lie down, there's places to sit, there's a little table if you'd like to play cards together. Oh my Um, god. He pops pops a set of papers uh, out of a pocket inside the door, and he hands them to Flynn. Ooh. Okay, here are your ownership slash rental papers for this fancy cart, and I'm just your driver, (laughs) got it? Gleebles, the chauffeur, that's me, are we cool? <laughs> cool indeed. Gleebles, Are you serious? You decided <laughs> on the name Glebels? Uh He pulls a little ID uh, out of his pocket, it actually has the Janice and Griffiths Parchment Company logo on it. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, Gleebles, the chauffeur, I work for the Janice and Griffiths Parchment Company, just like you.
3: Flynn's already in the carriage, like, bouncing on the chairs a little, like, hmm, okay. This is a good mid-range carriage.
2: Mm-hmm. Do, uh, do we have IDs then? Did you give us something?
1: Well, don't you guys normally have your, like, lanyards and stuff? Like, yeah. You, yeah.
2: You did remember your lanyard.
1: <laughs> yeah, but, like, do we Murphy want people- needs a fake ID. You guys just have regular IDs <laughs> that you can
2: use. We do for reals work there. <laughs> but I wanted to play pretend. <laughs> Whatever. And Ido jumps in. Don't worry about him. He's been
0: fighting with his parents about that puffer jacket for a week and a half. He thinks I think he's still a little bit angry that they wanted it to be bright blue.
1: And so, in comfort and style, you begin to make your way on the road back to Billswell first, and then onward south towards the majestic ranges that have always filled your horizon. Murphy, I mean glebel's the driver, doesn't make a stop in Billswell as you might have been expecting, and the pace is much quicker than last time. It's getting toward early evening, uh, as you've been traveling south, when the cart finally comes to a stop. You've been sitting together, talking, laughing, playing games, napping, watching the loomy snowy pigs get gradually closer, and the gentle rolling farmland turn to rocky, more barren terrain when you hear a surprised, oh, whoa, and approaching hoofbeats. Oh, dear. What is that noise? What seems to be the problem here, sir? A gruff, authoritative voice cuts through the tension. I am Grunt Coppervein. Ford Scout and Protector for the Grand Stonecutter Caravan. And I'm afraid I'm going to have to demand that you and everyone you're travelling with exit your carriage and stand where we can see you until our cargo has safely passed.
0: It's at this point that Karen kind of swings out of the window and says, Grint, Coppervane, was it?
1: Ah, that's right. I am head of the Ford Scouts of the Great Stonecutter Caravan.
0: Oh, it's so nice to meet you. I'm Karen. Karen Stonecutter. I'm Barry's wife.
1: My word. (laughs) Barrington Stonecutter's wife. It's an honour to meet a woman who makes a hard-working foreman so happy at home (laughs) in Yumea City.
0: Well, he makes me very happy too. Now, what seems to be the problem here?
1: Oh, how wonderful it must be for you two. I suppose you work almost two or three hours a day up there uh, and you can hear a couple of, uh, a few other voices like laughing in the background. Hey, look everyone, Karen Stonecutter here.
4: <laughs> Frankie kind of joins in on the laughing because he doesn't know <laughs> what he's supposed to do. So he's oh.
2: like, I know it feels like Karen's being bullied and he's going to poke his head out the window and just stare like, daggers at them
1: (laughs) okay yeah so what you can see is four heavily armed dwarves traveling on horseback hey small fry stop it oh my god
2: karen
0: puts (laughs) her hand in Idafa's face and pushes him back into the caravan
1: (laughs) murphy's like uh hey friend uh we're not interested in any caravan and we're kind of in a hurry so surely there's enough room for and you can hear like a shh noise uh and murphy abruptly stops talking and Grint says, "I will not ask again." Okay, uh, everybody out, I guess.
0: Are you threatening my coachman?? Hey,,
1: hey uh, let's just all hop out of the caravan for the time being, shall we?
0: Oh, well, why not? And uh, Karen will just make sure that her ring of the ram is on and sews her uh, little uh, her little necklace and she'll hop on out.
1: Go ahead and roll me perception, everyone, as you hop out of the caravan. Sure Word. thing.
0: Ah, oh, what did you want I us to roll perception? One. Oh, oh no, no Frankie,
4: <laughs> this is gonna be bad,
3: guys. that <laughs> rolled at
2: nineteen. Karen got a twenty-three. Idifer got an eighteen.
1: Right. Yeah. Frankie, you get out and you just like start looking north and you're like, oh, I wonder if I can see Bill's up there. <laughs> the rest of you, you look up ahead, you can see a stone archway, Karen, which you have seen before. And on the other side uh, of the archway, the road begins to head steeply upward into the mountains. There are four people on horseback and quite far away. All of you, 18, 19, and 23, uh, quite far away up the road, you can see a very slow-moving series of carts uh, that appear to be coming down this uh, quite steep road uh, up ahead.
2: Uh, Does it look like there's actually enough room for two, like, lines of traffic, or nah?
1: Nah, not for this one. It's quite quite large. Uh, And what it looks like is, one, is that even if you were to approach it on the road, that you wouldn't be able to get past. But the other thing is that... Karen, you rolled above a twenty. Mm-hmm. One, because you're expecting it, but two, because you got a really good perception roll. Yes. You can see a lot of people either like attached to the side of this series of carts or standing on top of it.
0: Yeah. Karen says, "Ugh, the convoys always were the worst part about this place. <laughs> well, it doesn't look like we'll be going anywhere for a
1: quite a while." Thank you for your cooperation. Uh, if you mean the grand stone caravan, no harm. You can be on your way once our procession has passed. And
0: if you mean the Janssen Breffords Parchment Company, no harm. Uh, we will permit the same thing to you, darling. Isn't that fun? <laughs> fun.
1: Oh, isn't that oh, isn't that lovely parchment? Mm. How long does that take to make? A day?
4: Oh,
0: <sighs> come on, Karen. You'll, you'll have to ask the science. You'll have to ask the science people about that one.
4: And Frankie's just not listening to the conversation. He's too busy looking at, oh, what's this tree over here? Help <laughs> <laughs> oh, plants! Oh, wow. <laughs> you have to ask the science people. It's like, oh, is this a butterfly? Like, <laughs> he's, he's not paying attention. And Karen Karen stares at him for a moment and goes, hmm,
0: well, anyway. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> I like not get down to Karen's liver. I'm like Karen. How long does this thing usually take?
0: Forever, darling. It's they're not they're not fast moving convoys, and that road is treacherous. We might as well just wait it out in the warm. Mif- uh, Gleebles, <clears throat> how about you come on in with us?
1: You guys were asked to get out of the car of the cart and wait until like wait where you can be seen uh, until the caravan has passed. So they're not like, they are kind of standing above you on horses and they're not super like, yeah, get into your cart and hang out. They're like, Hey, stay where we can see you. Uh, Rude. And they are, they're, they're wearing armor. They're heavily armed and Grant says to you, so our scouts picked up word of a planned attack, uh, right as the caravan exits the mountains. And, uh, we are extremely suspicious of a strange looking cart full of strangers Well, (laughs) almost all strangers, right where we expected to be confronted, so if it's all the same to you, I'll just have you hang out where we can see you, eh?
3: As long as you take care of any bandits that might be near us now that you've trapped us in your kill zone. That's very polite. (laughs)
1: Haha, we are not worried one bit. Don't worry, we get hit all the time. You would know, wouldn't you, Karen?
2: I know more than you think. You get hit all the time. Have you considered dodging?
1: Karen, you would know the Grand Stonecutter Caravan is actually carrying an annual tribute to Emperor Timinius, which contains uh, valuables of all the different clans, and this is an exchange for allowing the people of the Hive self-governance and freedom from Empire supervision.
0: I would expect bandits to try and strike an important convoy like this one, but in an area like this, and she's actually looking a little bit more serious now and instead of snarking off at the dwarves on the horseback she's actually like listening to them now in an, in an area like this and she uh kind of hops up on top of the cart and uh looks out and she's uh
2: she's going to be scanning the horizon Idafa's asking he's kind of like well if we can find these bandits and kill them first can we just get back in our caravan <laughs>
1: I don't see why not.
2: All right, let's go, team.
1: <laughs> yeah, roll me an investigation check. Uh, me? Anyone who's looking for bandits. Okay. Oh, I want to.
0: Uh, Karen, not doing well, got a four. Clambered up on top of the thing and got a little bit... <laughs> it's a little bit higher than she thought. A little bit scary up there.
2: Frankie got a 20. Um, Ido is just... He's just too flustered. He's just too angry at these guys, so he, he only <laughs> got
3: an 11. <laughs> <laughs> Flimberg got an unnatural 20.
4: Frank, you got a 26.
1: Nice. <laughs> so you guys spent a little bit of time scanning the area. The thing is, is that, like, this is a fairly open spot. There are a few trees. Like, it's rocky terrain. But, like, amongst what you can see, you know, you look around the areas and any places that people could be hiding. But, like, versus what looks to be at least, like, 25, 30 heavily armed dwarves, <laughs> um, you don't see, like you literally don't see a single bandit like lying in wait uh, and you don't, like, you know, there are trees nearby that you can look at. Frankie, you, like, go back to that tree that you were excited about <laughs> science and you have a look around. But no, you actually don't find any bandits that are lying in wait and you wonder if hmm, maybe this is, you know, maybe they picked up some incorrect information. for a it up. Hmm. So about 25 minutes into you guys searching and the people on the horses kind of, like, watching you uh, right as the sun is beginning to touch the rolling hills of the west, the caravan starts to come underneath the archway. Um, now all of you can see that atop and beside every carriage, uh, there's six large interconnected carriages, um, as it gets close enough to really look at, you can see that atop and beside every carriage are several dwarves, uh, all of them wearing heavy metallic armour, holding crossbows at the alert. And so, uh, they begin to come, you know, underneath the archway, uh, and the size and scope of this caravan really hits you. It's made up of six enormous metal containers, each marked with a different crest that features a precious metal or a commodity. Who speaks Dwarven?
0: I mean, Karen does.
1: Oh, I speak Dwarf, actually. So, Flinvar and Karen, you can see that beneath each of these crests sits a name written in an old Dwarven script. Coppervein, Silver-Skinned, gem hunter iron souls diamond heart and gold seeker karen you know these to be the six clans of the hives with the stonecutters being the seventh that sits above them
3: mm-hmm. oh that's going to kind of read those out and point at the characters as, as they're like oh yeah okay
1: okay okay yeah you, you're announcing reading them out loud and announcing them to the rest of the party
3: um, if,
0: if, if Flynn is going to do that then Karen is going to give a little bit of background information about each of the tribes as each of the caravans go past so he's like copper vein and she says oh well obviously they're the copper miners, they live mostly to the uh, northern northern reaches uh, very, very strong people
2: don't talk much that kind of thing alright so what do we care about these
1: guys Karen <laughs> uh, and so Grint uh, who's still kind of, like, hanging out near your party is like, ah, you're lucky to see such a sight. Not many see the glory of the great caravan and, ah, here we go. Kia ora, Penny here. Thanks for rejoining us after our break. It's been a while and I hope you're ready for our biggest story ever. 2022 should be a big year for the terrible adventures of the Janice and Bradford's Parchment Company. We're going to be releasing bi-weekly again for the foreseeable future, and we also have live shows planned and hopefully some special guests to join us. We hope you all enjoy listening to the show as much as we've enjoyed making it. If you're listening to the show on Spotify, you should know that they've recently enabled podcast reviews. We'd really appreciate it if you would stop by our main channel page and leave one. Podcasters like us with small audiences don't get a lot of feedback, so hearing what you enjoy and what you don't will really help us to make the show better for you all. And who wouldn't want a better show? For anyone who doesn't know, the Yes And charity stream that we put on in August is available to watch on YouTube at our Janice and Breakfast podcast YouTube channel. If you were a part of the show, or you know someone who was, you can head over there and re-experience it for yourself. For anyone who has no clue what I'm talking about, we live-streamed a 24-hour, non-stop D&D game with over 50 Kiwi players and DMs involved. It was about as wild as it sounds, and we raised over $6,000 for the Starship Foundation. I'm kicking around some ideas for doing it again this year, so if you're a fan of the show and you'd love to play D&D with us, keep an eye out for sign-up announcements later this year. Music credits, thanks to Patrick Patrikios for Average, Delicate Steve for Breeze, Jeremy Black for Hannon, Bobby Richards for June, and Joan for Night Runaway, Squatter B for North Oakland Ecstasy, Reed Mathis for Pine Street, Godmode for To Pass Time, and as always, thank you to Regan McKinnon for the show's theme song. And I guess that's it for now. Episode 24, Hive Woodbound Part 2, should release on January 16th, so keep your eyes out. And in the meantime, as always, you can drop us a line at our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Janison Podcast, or our Twitter at JBPC Podcast, and don't forget to leave us one of those reviews on Spotify. Well, that's enough for me. Back to the story. As the caravan passes beneath the great stone arch that marks the entrance to the hives, the air begins to shimmer. First two, then six, then ten, then more and more people dressed in dark clothes begin to materialize from the air, dropping their invisibility spells. Yo! The dwarves who notice these people appear from thin air all begin to cheer and laugh, and the clanking of multiple crossbows being cocked simultaneously fills the air. Dozens of evil looking men descend on the caravan, leaping down from the great archway, firing purple beams of force that you yourselves have seen used in the past, a memory of your very first adventure together. But the dwarves do not flinch. If anything, they appear to relish this conflict. There is a violent and shatteringly fast exchange of eldritch blasts and crossbow bolts, and the bodies begin to flump to the floor.
0: Oh my gods! Uh, everyone down! How's our gleebles doing?
1: he's with you guys mm. he's sort of used to danger by this point he's not cowering he's just part of your guys sort of group uh everybody roll me arcana checks all right oh, oh god <laughs> okay
2: karen got a 13 uh ida forgot an eight frankie got a 23
1: Flinver got a seven so frankie from behind your carriage, you can hear the telltale noise of somebody dropping an invisibility spell. Mm-hmm. It's not a loud noise, but you do recognize it instinctively. You hear footsteps creeping around the edge of the car behind you. Uh, what do you do?
4: Uh, I, I don't know. Look, see what's going on. Like, I'm going to do it in the most, like, sort of awkward way. And yeah, i would to be looking probably under the carriage back. What's that noise?
1: You can see three pairs of feet and dark clothing like you know dark cloaks um creeping uh you know quietly and slowly around the edge of the cart they have almost reached the edge that would be the corner that you're on the other side of
4: okay frankie be like oi (laughs) what what are you doing over there and authority like
1: (laughs) (laughs) authority like high-pitched oi i gotcha
4: yes
1: (laughs) okay uh the rest of you you obviously hear frankie you know call out and you can see him looking in a direction and you all turn uh, as three men wearing the same cloaks as the people who jumped off of the archway appear from the back of your carriage the shortest one points at you karen that guard said this dwarf is a stone cutter might make a valuable hostage kill the rest
0: and, uh, karen says you can jolly well try <laughs>
1: And all three men immediately begin opening fire with purple blasts, same as their cohorts. Go ahead and roll me some initiative, you guys. Let's go! Let's go! I got 20. Oh, I got 23. Ido got an 11. Karen got
2: a 3.
1: Oh, great. Yeah, love it. I will just remind you guys, you know, because for funsies I like to make it hard. Yeah. There are witnesses and characters that know who Karen is here. So I'll just leave that with you guys.
2: Uh, but that'd be distracted.
0: I'm glad that you warned them because that's what Karen was going to try and do.
1: <laughs> Flynn, can you go ahead and uh, take a turn for me, please?
3: Where's the closest person, sorry to us?
1: And all three of them are standing in a line um, within ten feet of you.
3: Okay, I'm going to rush the first one. If I rush them by going behind the caravan, would I have time to pull out my laughing? blade before
1: they saw me if you're facing towards the enemies you have your back to the people who are watching you so you could take a you could take a shot and roll a stealth roll to see if you can get your laughing blade out without people seeing
3: yeah i think i would like to do that because i've got the best stats
1: on that one. <laughs> cool roll me a stealth check to see how uh, to see how stealthy you are able to summon your laughing blade okay
3: and because I haven't summoned the Laughing Blade yet, I don't have a... Oh, yes.
1: Um, you you do have a minus two to that.
3: Unnatural but... uh, 20, but minus two, that means it's an 18. So I got an 18.
1: Yes, that's that's fine. Um, you managed to pull your Laughing Blade out of your amulet. You're now wielding it and you can use it uh, as you like. It is kind of giggling a little bit, but uh, <laughs> you know, you've already paid the price for that by having a minus two to your stealth roll. Uh, go ahead and take your action.
3: So I'm going to... Yeah, still rush the first bad guy, and just going to go for a straight underhanded kind of stab and jab with my laughing
1: blade. Cool, do you remember the, the effect of your laughing blade?
3: So just a d20 plus my t- attack.
1: So you can, you can go ahead and add your charisma modifier, so when you do your roll to hit, and then when you do your damage roll, you can add your charisma modifier to both of those, this attack only.
3: So um, I rolled an unnatural 20 with those.
1: Very nice. That does hit. Nice. Um, so go ahead and roll me your damage roll. Um, So that's 15 damage. So you run up, you summon your glowing green laughing sword, and you straight up kill that guy. How would you like to
2: kill him? <laughs> oh, my
3: God. <laughs> okay, so I imagine that I went for, like, a midriff stab and, and bringing my sword up, but I think I just was so keen on rushing him that the momentum carried it, and I went straight in the gut, and then up to the tip of the shoulder and kind of swiping out. And it was...
1: (laughs) One of the three cultists is dead. Very nice. Good work. Uh, Good work, Flynn. Frankie, you are up.
4: So Frankie, like, looks around, sees that there's obvious people around, and I don't know if this is going to work, but I think it would be hilarious. So Frankie is going to pretend to faint, but instead of, like, lying on the ground, he's going to do one of those secret spy rolls under the caravan thing to pull out his crossbow and shoot that.
1: Okay, uh, roll me an acrobatics check. Just, just to see, like, where if you end up in the right, in the, like, in the right way. We all know that, like, arms and legs in the right places are not Frankie's Strong suit.
4: Exactly, exactly. It's
1: a pretty low DC because you have uh, done a few of these before, so I'm happy to um, make it a fairly low DC.
0: Well, <laughs> oh
1: god, <laughs> that's a seven. So you go ahead and you do this awesome roll to like try and get underneath the caravan. You summon your crossbow, but unfortunately you have stood on your scarf as you went to do this roll, so you hit the ground and kind of choke yourself with your scarf a little bit. You unfortunately can't get an attack off this round with a roll
4: that long. Oh, Frankie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Frankie,
1: cool. But you do have your crossbow in your hand, you just gotta, like, get the scarf away from choking you first.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yep, yeah, that, that's, that's Frankie. Like, this is... This is typical.
1: <laughs> so you killed uh, the one on the far left, Flynn. Okay. Uh, the one who was in the middle who just saw you murder his powers, is like, oh shit. <laughs> uh, and he's going to go ahead and do an Eldritch Blast at you. Can I use Cutting Words as a reactive? You can, yeah. Would Does Cutting Words lower my roll to hit or does it lower my damage?
3: It's an anti-inspo dice roll. Oh my gosh.
1: Okay, so I got a 17 to hit. So does a 17 hit you? Would it would it get past your AC?
3: Um, I am 17, so it meets. Okay.
1: Space. So if you want to do cutting words as a reaction, you can do that now.
3: Hell yeah. Cool. Well, I haven't inspired you guys in a while. Um, so I'm up to a D. One d8. So you're minusing five from the attack roll.
1: Yeah. So 17 minus five is 12. Does a 12 hit you?
3: No. No. Okay,
1: <laughs> that's fine. So the first blast does miss. He like lowers his you know finger gun to you to try and like point blank shoot you with a uh, with an eldritch blast, and you kick his hand away. <laughs> uh, he's gonna go ahead and roll his second attack. That is a 16. So that also misses. Yeah. Woohoo!
3: Um, and so um, Flynn's like. This sword really wants to feel the inside of you, too, mate. Oh.
1: oh. <laughs> yeah, so you managed to avoid the point-blank finger guns. Um, so, yeah, that's very nice work. Next up is Murphy. Uh, he's going to use his turn to run over to Grint and like be like, um, hey, I don't know if you can tell, but our guys are getting hit over here. Uh, and so Grint's now going to roll uh, roll into the order. He got a 14, so he's going to go next. Nice. Uh, so the, this cultist number two, the other one who isn't dead, is is going to try and attack Flynn with a scimitar. <laughs> you
3: weren't lying when you said that. no, you can know my HP. You're going to throw more hits at me. Well,
1: you're you're also right there and you kill one of their buddies. <laughs> does a nineteen hit you?
3: Yes, it
1: does. Yeah, awesome. Okay, so I mean, not not awesome because I don't like hurting you, but <laughs> you say that you say Bye. that now.
4: The, li- the lie detector determined
1: that was a lie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, okay. I like, I like, I like doing damage to you guys. It's fun. Thanks. Don't worry.
0: We like doing damage
1: to you too. Uh, Flynn, that's f- uh, five slashing damage to you. Ooh, okay. Uh, and then Grint is gonna go ahead and shoot that guy with a crossbow bolt, Woo-hoo. which uh, he only rolled a he only rolled a four plus two, so that's not quite gonna be enough. Uh, he misses with his crossbow. Ido, you are up.
2: Alright! Oh, okay, um so Ido is gonna be like I have to get something from under the carriage. <laughs> He's just gonna like <laughs> kneel down and pull something secretly out of his amulet and it's his um first off, all good if I do that.
1: Uh yeah, go ahead and roll me a stealth roll. Give yep. me advantage because you did like, you know, do a do a move. Uh, in order to uh, in order to get it out. Okay, sick. It's a twenty-five. Yeah, you managed to um, you managed to get your your. Are you summoning your dagger or are you summoning your conman's backup? Con man's backup for sure. Heck yeah. Okay, and you so you're gonna run towards uh, either you've got cultist one or cultist two are still alive and Flynn is like set like lying on top of cultist three who is dead.
2: <laughs> oh dear God. Okay, I'm gonna go for cultist one. Um, yep. Go ahead. Just gonna run at him and that hit yeah
1: yeah 26 does hit yeah okay sweet um, and because and because Flynn is right there next to him you also get sneak <gasps> attack
2: oh I love it all right cool okay so that's the first one that's nine damage plus the sneak yeah. attack would be 3d6 oh okay well anyway I did nine plus eight so what, 17 damage
1: Yep, um, How would you like to kill this guy? I'd oh,
2: like oh, it nice. to do it with finesse. So I'm gonna do a very anime style uh, attack and slice from uh, left to right, slicing up through him. And I'm gonna do that thing where anime dudes put their fingers on their glasses.
1: Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Nice. No. <laughs> Except you're putting your you're putting your finger on what your snow goggles?
2: On just my nose. <laughs> 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 and he's dead
1: yeah and that guy falls down also dead the next guy is already dead um so Karen you're up
2: all right Karen
0: uh hisses at everybody she says stop <laughs> stop being so flashy but then she's also going to punch the last guy so she's going to <laughs> run forward oh an 11. Probably doesn't hit. Uh,
1: unfortunately, their armor class is 12, mm. so that is a miss. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Unless somebody wants to give me Bardic Inspiration, no, that do- that won't work like that. Has to it has to happen I think at this beforehand. point it's
1: too late. It's got to be on <laughs>
3: Flynn's turn. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, she hisses, "Stop being so flashy," and she races forward to punch the guy, and it just kind of goes donk on his armor, and she's going to instead quickly change tactics and start. Um, just yelling at him. You'll never take me alive! And she just starts, like, bopping him on the on the armour. Just bop, 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 bop,
2: bop. Pretending to...
1: You're trying to be brave but excessively normal. I get it. Karen
2: sounds like a cat in this instance. She hisses and then bops. Yeah. Yeah. Very much so.
1: Bop, bop, bop. Uh, Flynn, back to you. Woohoo!
3: Um, so I'm going to, um, to... Oh wait, what's who's closer? The one that Ido... Oh wait, he's dead.
1: Anyway. <laughs> that guy's dead. Yeah. yeah, there's only there's only one left, and Karen standing next to him.
3: Okay, she
0: just did, she did just tell you guys to keep it keep it mundane, keep it low key, stop being so
3: flashy. Sorry, Karen, but like yeah, how tall is Karen compared to this guy?
1: He's a human, so he's probably twice as tall as you. Oh, Okay,
3: Punch him in the junk. Okay, I'm going to use Karen as a stepping stone to slash at his neck.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah, roll me an acrobatics check to see how well that goes for you. <laughs>
3: I'm sorry, Karen. You're just the perfect height.
1: So you springboard off a dead body onto Karen's head and then do a slash. I'm <laughs> um,
3: sorry, I rolled it 18.
1: Yeah, go ahead, roll me an attack roll. Um, so you've already used your laughing blades power today, so you just just a regular attack now, no extra charisma bonuses.
3: Okay, just so just my ordinary
1: um attack
3: bonus. Yep. Oh yeah, this I. Okay, thanks um so i rolled uh an unnatural 20
1: very nice uh that is a hit go ahead and roll your damage so i full on am trying to decap- decapitate
3: this dude <laughs> just with- without being too flashy
0: no i think i think we're already
2: there
3: <laughs> just do it
2: just add some finesse
1: so you're you're springboarding off another person's head but you still don't want to be too flashy is that where we're
3: at <laughs> um so that is an 11
1: So you take that guy's head off, (laughs) you know, Karen's like, stop being flashy. And then you're like, got it. And then you like bounce off of her head and do like a nice little like easy sword swing with the laughing blade. And you just go straight through this guy's neck, sever his spine, and his head sort of goes flying off uh, and his body collapses. And um, that's that guy dead. Wow, we are monsters. We've got somewhere to be. And so you guys actually notice that as these men uh, die, because, you know, all this would happen within like six seconds of each other. um, So something really strange happens is that as each of these men die, um, these ghostly, like yellow, bony, like clawed arms kind of come out of the ground uh, and kind of pluck this weird yellowish mist from their eyes and begin to pull. Uh, And as these men die, you can see something that looks like demonic hands pulling souls out of their eyes uh, and the ones that aren't decapitated do scream painfully as they're, you know, this yellow mist is like, you know, pulled forcefully out of their eyes and uh, dragged down into the ground, into the earth beneath you. Oh, that's uh-huh. nasty.
4: Disgusting. Um, that's unpleasant. We're not, we're not
2: freaking out here.
0: Karen is more worried about what Grint has seen. So she like turns around to kind of see what what he's doing, as well as Gleebles, which is who is definitely not Murphy.
1: So Gleebles is standing over by Grint because that was his move. He went over and got Grint involved mm-hmm. in the fight. Grint is looking at all of you. Obviously, he didn't see you summon your swords. He can just see you holding, like, he can see you holding these, like, interesting, colorful weapons, which, you know, isn't out of the ordinary. Maybe people from the city like to paint their weapons bright colors. (laughs) But he is looking at your group with an eyebrow raised.
3: Flynn points at the um, corpses and he's like, oh, my gosh, they're using magic. Oh, my God.
1: Go ahead and roll me a deception check, Flynn.
0: (laughs) Uh, Can Karen help by, at the same time, kind of going, a magical attack on a convoy? I've never heard of anything like that before.
1: (laughs) Yeah, okay. um, Yeah, go ahead and uh, have advantage on that roll because of Karen's classic acting. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, 16 so grint did see you guys you know doing pretty dangerous stuff like he obviously didn't see frankie do anything too dangerous but he did see everyone else you know doing anime poses and decapitating people but he didn't see you cast any spells he definitely didn't see you use any electrum. so he does kind of like hmm and then he turns his attention uh back to the main caravan and behind you Uh, you can see a massacre whoever planned this heist had clearly thought that minions with sold souls would prove a challenge for the Grand Caravan's defences and whoever planned this heist was wrong (laughs) and you know while some guards are watching in every direction for a second wave others are examining dead bodies and and pulling out whatever they can out of the pockets oh I'm gonna do that
2: wow are they all (laughs) Flynn
1: Uh, yeah, Flynn, go ahead and roll me an investigation check um, <laughs> while the rest of you are looking at what's happening over by the caravan. So you could see one of the guards uh, walk up to Grint and he's like, um, hey, uh, Grint, you ever seen this before? And one of the guards from the main caravan um, is holding up a green coin. Uh, they were mostly using the blue stuff, but uh, this is this is kind of new. And Grint looks down off of his horse and he picks up the green coin and he's like, ah, rat bastards. This stuff will be the death of us all one day. Can't say I've seen this before, though, no. (laughs)
3: Uh, I rolled a six. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah, okay, uh, not much. Uh, The bodies of the three men who attacked you each possess one blue and one green piece of electrum. Um, So a total of three of each kind. Oh, cool. They also have a scimitar on them, but that's all you can find.
2: Huh, we've never seen this before.
0: (laughs) Karen's going to wander on over to Grint and say, uh... The pleasures of travelling on the road. Hmm. Seems to be getting more dangerous these days.
1: Ah, especially since they started digging up this blue stuff. Or green stuff now, apparently. Did you see that yellow... That yellow stuff? Yeah, it happened over here, too. These men have sold their souls for a little bit of power. So they can cast spells, but unfortunately when they die, their souls are forfeit to whichever otherworldly being, some kind of demon or whatever, who has decided to lend them power. Not enough to deal with us, though. No.
0: It's good to see the convoy's still strong. And she kind of gives him a- I mean, he's on a horse, so she kind of gives him a tap on the- tap on the foot.
1: It is nice to see you, Karen. I haven't laid eyes on you for some time, but Barry's always saying that you're doing well in the city.
0: Yes, well, we are, we are blessed. <laughs> the blessing of the
1: stonecutters. And the one who held up the green coin uh, to Grint kind of like looks over uh, at one of his, you know, companions and he's like, hey, Torrin, look, it's Mrs. Barrington Stonecutter herself. And that dwarf's eyebrows kind of raised, He's uh, clearly very surprised at your presence. And he turns to the group that he's standing with and starts to mutter something. Karen, just roll me a perception check real quick. Of course. What are these bastards saying?
2: (laughs) 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 No.
0: (laughs) So Karen rolled a natural one, plus four, so a five.
1: Uh. A bunch of people whose, you know, emblems on their armour match the gold seeker crest, kind of look at you, but Mm. you have no idea what they're saying.
0: She kind of sees them looking and she uh, clears her throat and goes, "Uh, I suppose we should be getting on our way now. Uh, Places to see, uh, people to sell parchment to, and... uh, We'll, we'll leave the convoy on its journey. Uh, okay, well... <clears throat> and she kind of hustles back towards the caravan.
1: Uh, and as you turn around and leave, grid looks back at you and he says, ah, It's a good thing you decided to side with us, eh? Mrs. Stonecutter. What?
0: As if I would side anywhere else.
1: The way that he said it, it sounded like an insult, mm-hmm. but it's hard to tell exactly what he meant. He looks over at uh, at Balls, the driver, <laughs> and he says... Uh, Take care on the road to the forge. The wildlife isn't shy about greeting travelers, if you know what I mean. And and uh, Gleebles is kind of looks at him and he like raises eyebrows, like, yeah, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> Owned. And with that, the um, grand stone cutter caravan carries on north towards Bullswell. And Karen, you can feel every single pair of eyes glance over you as the heavy cart passes.
0: She is. Uh- back in her own caravan as soon as possible yep. and she not even bothering to let the other ones in closes the door
1: and uh Glebels, the driver you know gets back up into his driving spot and he's like well that's something you don't see every day <laughs> <laughs> i wish i had an entire population of people happily digging up natural resources to pay the emperor look the other way on me
2: <laughs> i give them a side eye like no we're not gonna do that for you movie <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, so you guys um, head it back into the cart, you pull Frankie out from underneath of it and help him untangle his scarf. He was under there like... <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah.
4: Like literally choking the whole time. <sighs> Frankie.
1: I love him. The road through the hives is as steep and as treacherous as it is picturesque. You are treated to an intense climb, steep enough that Frankie has to tie himself to his seat to avoid slipping off every few seconds.
4: Oh. He ties himself with like his with his scarf. Not with <laughs> the rope
1: or <laughs> the crampons? No. <laughs> nah, the very first instance of a seatbelt is scarf-based. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. But after you finish the main first initial climb uh, and you level out to a more flat road, boy howdy, is there a view. As far as the eye can see, in every direction are beautiful, tall mountain peaks, capped with fresh snow, sparkling in the last light of day. Before the sun finally sets, you're treated to your very first glimpse of a set of hives, a perfect hexagonal scoops dug out of a sheer wall, complete with stairs and railings carved directly into the rock. Long abandoned, this hive is now full of snow and debris and small animals, but just from this first one, it's so easy to see how this area of Miesa got its name. The first few days are fairly similar, you travel during every available moment of sunlight, quietly passing the time as you get closer and closer to your destination. Through the windows you can make out all kinds of fauna who make this alpine environment their home, small stuff like arctic rabbits and birds, the occasional fox who looks at you with curiosity, and even a pair of shaggy white wolves who seem to decide that your carriage just isn't worth the trouble. In the last moments of daylight, Murphy pulls a thick canvas sheet from each side of the carriage down to the ground. So it's like they sort of unroll from near the top um, and he nails them down securely. He has you each help lock the wheels and start a warm toasty fire inside your now converted tent. uh, And you all take turns at keeping watch. Cute! Camping! He's like, hey, if I have to spend the night in the wilderness, I'm going to make it a civilized wilderness, if you get what I'm talking about. You
0: really have got it all figured out, don't you, Murphy? I mean, (laughs) Gleebles. Apart from that name.
1: Uh, There's nobody around. You can call me Murphy. It's a much better name. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, what's your real name? It's Murphy. No, you are the real man. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, good God. Okay, Flynn, I think you need to go to sleep.
1: <laughs> During the third night in the hives, as the sun begins to set, you pull up next to a set of hexagons dug into the frozen rock. I, uh, my sources tell me that this is about the halfway point. Right now, the comfort of a real bed is about as far that way as it is that way. Mm-hmm. Lovely. Who takes the first watch tonight? Some more. Yeah, Flynn, uh, you are on watch. The nights have been truly freezing. <laughs> um, we are barely into autumn, but the temperature out here far exceeds any cold that you've ever felt in your city. Mm. You can only count the minutes until you can go back into the tent and get warm again. Throw me a perception check. And do you have dark vision? No, I do not. Perception check with disadvantage, please.
3: <laughs> uh, 10. It's
1: terrifying how you don't see anything until it's too late oh god how something so large could approach you with any kind of stealth
2: (laughs) oh god
1: (laughs) you are staring into the darkness just waiting for some hot soup inside the shelter when it walks into your field of vision enormous and shaggy standing on two legs and bearing twisted horns above its ape-like face the yeti charges towards the caravan grunting and growling with aggression Whether it can smell the food inside, or whether it is simply an angry beast, you have no idea. All you know is that it's not here to be your best friend. Roll for initiative. Here, about to arrive safely in Ymir City. Thanks for listening to the show, and don't listen to my boys—they're all horrible gossips. Not sure how, but I bet their rumors have made it all the way back to the forge by now. Ah, it's a right mess.